Hey everyone, this is George from Blockchain DXP and today is the 2nd of May 2023 and unfortunately guys, the global cryptocurrency market is on a downturn. The price of Bitcoin has fallen down miserably, along with that Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies have definitely fallen down and in today's episode, I'll try to give out the reasoning why that has happened and what I think guys is there are two reasons why. The first one being, First Republic Bank has been sold to JP Morgan Chase. That is one of the reasons, but the second reason what I think is tomorrow is when Jerome Powell will be announcing the interest rate hike and in anticipation of that, there is possibility that market manipulators are trying to manipulate the news and trying to make money by either going long and short on cryptocurrencies. So I'm going to be discussing what is going on with First Republic Bank and how they got seized by the regulators and then got sold to JP Morgan Chase. Now guys, in the world of Ethereum, I have some update and the Ethereum gas phase has definitely shot up to the moon well over 150% in less than 30 days. So we'll definitely go ahead and check what is going on in Ethereum. And guys, there's some drama going on between Justin Sun and CZ. So we'll go ahead and explore what that drama is. But Justin Sun has definitely apologized for the oversight. So we'll go ahead and explore and look at it. What is it that is going on between CZ and Justin Sun? And guys, like we do in every Crypto and Coffee Day podcast, I'm going to be discussing two news from Dubai, UAE and Middle East and both the news has to do with blockchain DXB. Now the first one is an event that I'm conducting in June. It is called a Central Bank Digital Currency and we're going to be exploring the basics, threats to freedom and its role in the metaverse. Now listen guys, I'm a massive advocate of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Unfortunately, in metaverse, you need to understand the number of people logging in, logging out, interacting and keeping the TPS that is transactions per second Unfortunately, I don't think blockchain protocols and cryptocurrencies will be a right fit. Will CBDCs be a right fit? I definitely go ahead and think so. So the event on the 1st of June, we'll go ahead and look at that in detail. But in today's episode, I'll go ahead and explain what is it that you can expect at that session. And guys, the session is completely free of cost and the registration link is in the show notes below. Now guys, the second news that I'm going to be talking about is regarding stablecoins. Now could it be possible? That is, UE can be a stablecoin issuer. It could either be a private company or a government. Or how about a semi-government? They could start up issuing a stablecoins. Now, if they were to do that, I have key recommendations what stablecoin issuers need to do. So, I'll go ahead and share my thoughts and opinions on that. And guys, if Dubai or UAE does issue a stablecoins, I do think it'll be a game changer. And I do feel it'll give Dubai and UAE a competitive advantage, not just in the cryptocurrency space, but also in the finance sector as well. So quite a lot to cover in today's episode. So let's get started with it right away. Welcome to the Crypto & Coffee at 8, the daily podcast that keeps you up to date on all latest developments in the world of cryptocurrencies, blockchain and NFTs. Join us Monday to Friday as you kick off your day with a cup of coffee and a deep dive into the exciting and rapidly evolving world of digital assets. We'll cover the latest news and trends in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space as well as delve into the growing world of NFTs or non-fungible tokens and metaverse. Plus, we'll keep you updated on the latest developments from Dubai, UAE and the wider Middle East region. Whether you're a seasoned crypto enthusiast or just getting started, Crypto & Coffee at 8 has something for you. Our expert host will provide insight and analysis on the most important topics in the industry and help you stay up to date on the latest developments. We'll bring you interviews with leading figures in the crypto and blockchain space and explore the ways in which these technologies are changing the world around us. From the impact on traditional financial systems to the potential for revolutionizing industries 
and transforming societies. We'll cover it all on Crypto and Coffee at 8. So tune in and join us for a daily dose of Crypto and Coffee at 8. And let's stay ahead of the curve together. We'll start your day off right with the most important news and insights from the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse and help you navigate this exciting and rapidly evolving landscape. In Crypto and Coffee at 8, the daily podcast covers the latest developments in the world of cryptocurrency, blockchain and the metaverse. We'll also bring you updates on the latest news from Dubai, UAE and wider Middle East region. This also includes a range of topics such as developments in the local and blockchain industry, including new projects and initiatives, regulatory updates and policies related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region, local and regional events and conferences focused on crypto and blockchain, interviews with leading figures in Dubai, UAE and Middle East crypto and blockchain community coverage of any significant news or events related to cryptocurrency and blockchain in the region. By covering these local and regional developments, in addition to the wider world of cryptocurrency and blockchain, Crypto & Coffee at 8 aims to provide a comprehensive overview of the industry and its impact on the Dubai, UAE and Middle East region. Now before we kickstart today's episode, I have an important message, so check this out. Shalu Group, a luxury retail and distributor which is headquartered in Dubai, are getting into the NFT game. And here's the deal guys, they are not just getting into the NFT and metaverse space, they are going to be shaping the NFT metaverse and Web 3.0 space which I believe is excellent not just for Dubai and UAE but also for the global cryptocurrency community as well. And guys, Shalu Group's Web 3.0 sneaker brand called Soulmates revealed their first NFT collection on the 12th of April. Now what is really interesting is that it's called as Soulmates, so it's spelled as S for Sugar, O for Orange, L for Larry. Now instead of E, they've replaced it with Web3 and it is the number 3, mates.xyz. And guys listen, Shalu Group has over half a century's worth of experience in luxury goods and then getting into the NFT space is a massive deal. Now if you're a sneakerhead, you definitely need to check out soulmates.xyz. And once again guys, the number is 3 instead of an E. It has all the information and in the show notes below, you'll get all the information. And listen guys, if you want to be an early adopter, you can also pre-mint it at www.premint.xyz forward slash soulmates. So definitely check it out and they have a Discord community as well. And guys, Nick, who is the head of corporate innovation at Charlotte Group and also the co-founder of Soulmates, has a WhatsApp group where he constantly provides updates in the area of NFTs, Metaverse and Web 3.0. So guys, check out soulmates.xyz and be part of the Soulmates OG NFT that is definitely going to shape the industry. Next, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers. A brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in Metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store and App Store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something wild, but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called The Race Pace Podcast. So check out The Race Pace Podcast across all leading platforms. And The Race Pace Podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge, and also the Government Gov Games, and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes, 
locally and internationally to get inside scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen, guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. Go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally, guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. In today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now guys, since you've taken care of that, let's look at the global cryptocurrency market. Now unfortunately, since the last 24 hours, the global cryptocurrency market has fallen down miserably. And as of today, it is at $1.15 trillion. And since the last 24 hours, it is down by 4.19%. And just guys, little over two weeks ago, I was under the impression or I was suggesting that the global cryptocurrency market might just cross a $1.50 trillion mark. Unfortunately, it is down by $350 billion in just a matter of few weeks. Now, the total cryptocurrency market volume over the last 24 hours is at $40.45 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 32.14%. The volume on DeFi is not looking good either. It is down to $2.84 billion. Listen, guys. This is an absolutely ridiculously low volume. We talk about decentralized finance competing with the finance industry. Unfortunately, the volume is ridiculously low, especially in times of banking collapse. This number should have been at least 20 or maybe 30 times of what it currently is. And the total value locked has once again gone below the $50 billion mark. And as of today, it is at $47.73 billion with Lido clearly dominating with 23.97%. And $11.44 billion is locked in this protocol. Now, as of today, guys, the volume of DeFi accounts for 7.01% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Now, guys, in today's episode, I have some really interesting matrix. And this is to do with Uniswap. Now, if you look at the 24-hour trading volume, it has almost doubled since the last 24 hours. Yesterday, Uniswap's 24-hour volume was around a $500 million mark. Today, it is at 963 0.74 million dollars. Now clearly this has happened because the cryptocurrencies are falling down and what a lot of people are doing is they are trying to either sell the cryptocurrencies and in doing that they are using Uniswap. But PancakeSwap which works on Binance that has marginally gone up by less than 100 million dollars since the last 24 hours and the 24 hour trading volume is at 417.5 million dollars. Core Finance is at number third at 953.7 million dollars. Camelot is at $72.93 million. Now, in yesterday's podcast, guys, I did look at the top 5 DeFi protocols, keeping in mind the 24-hour trading volume. 
Camelot wasn't even in the top 7. Yesterday, I do believe there was a protocol called as Dodo, which was at number 4. Now, the number 5th is Metadex, and the 24-hour trading volume is $49.82 million. Now, guys, once again, the volume of stable coins, not only is it ridiculously low, but it is accounting for 93.66% of the total crypto market 24-hour trading volume. This is absolutely horrendous. Now, the volume of stable coins is at 37 0.88 billion dollars in gas prior to 2021. What used to happen is every time the market used to crash, the volume of stable coins used to actually pump up. But what I've been noticing, particularly since 2022, is that the volume of stable coins is going down even when the global cryptocurrency market is on a collapse. Definitely not ideal. Now, out of this 37.88 billion dollar volume of all stable coins, Tether USDT accounts for 28.93 billion dollars. Followed by Circle USDC at $3.63 billion and finally Binance BUSD at $2.89 billion. And guys, in a few minutes, I'll be looking at the price of Binance BNB. And to be honest, guys, I'm particularly not liking something. So we'll definitely go ahead and look at that. But before that, let's look at the market cap, 24-hour trading volume and dominance between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now, Bitcoin's dominance is 46.06%, whereas Ethereum's dominance is 18.90%. So since the last 24 hours, the dominance of Bitcoin and Ethereum have marginally gone down. If you look at the market cap, Bitcoin's market cap is $539 billion, whereas Ethereum is $219 billion. And later on, guys, we are going to be discussing some news regarding the Ethereum gas fee. And looks like because of the Shanghai upgrade, the gas fee is definitely pumping up to the moon, which is not ideal. Now, the 24-hour trading volume of Bitcoin and Ethereum is relatively the same, which is a bit strange considering the fact that the market is collapsing. Now, Bitcoin's 24-hour trading volume is $18.3 billion, whereas Ethereum is $8.5 billion. Now, in today's episode, guys, I'll very briefly look at the market cap of Web3 protocols and privacy coins. Now, so far as Web3 protocols is concerned, Chainlink is clearly an outlier and the market cap is $3.54 billion. And look, guys, I've said this over and over again. If you are into memes, follow the Facebook of Chainlink. They have, if not one of the best memes in the cryptocurrency world, where the market cap is $3.54 billion. And if you look at the price of Chainlink gas, it is hovering somewhere between the $6 or $7 mark. Now, when the price of Bitcoin had actually pumped up and then when it was at its all-time high, there were anticipation that Chainlink will cross the $20 mark. I really don't think so that's going to happen in the foreseeable future. Now, the market cap of the second Web 3.0 protocol is Filecoin and it is staying steady at $2.22 billion, followed by the graph at $1.17 billion. And guys, so far as privacy coins is concerned, Monero is at $2.77 billion, followed by Zcash at $333 million, and Mask Network at $323 million. And guys, what I'd really recommend you to do is get on Twitter and look at the drama that is going on between Monero and Zcash. So it looks like there is a war going on between privacy and anonymity. But what are your thoughts, guys? Are you someone who's using Monero or are you someone who's using Zcash? And if you do agree with the drama going on in the world of Twitter or crypto Twitter, mention them in the comments below. Now let's look at the king of all kings that is Bitcoin and the price of Bitcoin is $27,978. And later on guys when I'm going to be discussing the collapse of First Republic Bank and how it was seized by the government and then sold to JP Morgan Chase, I'll go ahead and explore what kind of an impact will have to hyper-Bitcoinization and in the next coming months, are we going to heading towards hyper-Bitcoinization? Now, so far as the price of Bitcoin is concerned, since the last 24 hours, it is down by 4.93%. Since the last 7 days, 
It is up by 2.59%. The price of Ethereum is $1,827 since the last 24 hours. It is down by 3.56%. Since the last 7 days, it is down by 0.14%. Binance BNB Corn Gas is at $322. But guys, what is really surprising about Binance BNB Coin is, if you look at the 24-hour trading volume, it is ridiculously low. Now, what used to happen is, Binance BNB Coin's 24-hour trading volume used to be ridiculously low because a lot of the users were required to utilize Binance BUSD. But recently, even Binance BUSD's 24-hour trading volume is ridiculously low. So I'm a bit concerned as to why the price of Binance BNB Coin is rather consistent. And what I'd really recommend you to do is, and if you want to do some forensic analysis, look at Binance BNB Smart Contract and try to look at what stable coins are they using. Are they using Binance BUSD? Are they using, let's say, Tether USDT? Or, or are they using any other stable coins? Because the price of it to be consistent does seem a little bit dodgy. But that's not to say that what Binance is doing is something completely wrong. It is possible that it is one of the most legitimate protocol. But what I'd really recommend you to do is do some forensic analysis. I wouldn't be surprised if you do find out some notorious manipulation going on in order for the Binance BNB coin to remain consistent, it is definitely a bit strange. Keeping in mind the 24-hour trading volume of Binance BUSD, keeping in mind the 24-hour trading volume of Binance BNB coin, and also the market cap for both of them, so it is definitely an area worth looking at. Now guys, what has happened in the banking world is First Republic Bank has been sold to JP Morgan Chase. The New York Times did publish an article which states that First Republic Bank was seized by regulators and then sold to JP Morgan Chase. This is an absolutely, absolutely massive news. And guys, in my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast last week, I did talk about in detail on what is going on with First Republic Bank. So please feel free to check out those episodes. Now, what the article by the New York Times states is that as part of the deal, 84 of First Republic branches in eight states reopened as JP Morgan branches were open on Monday. So definitely, definitely massive stuff. Now listen guys, Let's Grow Brandon is a narrative definitely in player and Biden actually said that shareholders would lose their investments but depositors would be protected against federal regulators seized by First Republic Bank and sold to JP Morgan Chase. And guys, as you know, First Republic Bank is the second largest US bank by assets. So absolutely massive deal. But what I'm going to be discussing next is the potential impact on the decision-making process for U.S. debt ceiling and the potential impact on hyperbitcoinization. But one thing you need to remember, guys, one of the biggest things that is going on in the Bitcoin world is tomorrow, Jerome Powell will be announcing the interest rate hike. And could it be possible that there are some market manipulators who are trying to utilize this news and hoping that the prices of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies goes down and they would in turn buy Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and after the news is announced, hoping that the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies tends to pump up in the cryptocurrency world in Wild West, everything is possible. But now guys, let me discuss what is it that is going on in First Republic Bank. Now you need to understand guys, that it was the 14th largest bank in the US and it was seized by regulators and then sold to JP Morgan Chase due to its financial struggles caused by the rise in interest rates. And Gaza Takeover aims to stabilize the banking system and protect depositors while wiping out shareholders and debt holders. And the acquisition makes JP Morgan Chase even larger, which has drawn criticism from lawmakers concerned about increased consolidation in the banking industry. And Gaza, this takeover follows the previous failures of Silicon Valley Bank 
and Signature Bank, signaling potential risk for regional banks and the government's action is expected to have an impact on the decision-making process regarding the U.S. debt ceiling as well, as it highlights the need for financial stability and the regulations to prevent further crisis. Now, guys, tomorrow, when Jerome Powell will be announcing the interest rate hike, what usually happens is he also has a question and answer session, and I'm pretty much sure the media is going to be asking him questions regarding what is going on with First Republic Bank, and it's going to be really critical to see what he says, because that would directly and indirectly have an impact on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And guys, one of the biggest events that is going to take place in U.S. is the U.S. debt ceiling. Now, guys, the First Republic Bank being seized by the government and then sold to J.P. Morgan Chase. What kind of an impact will it have on the U.S. debt ceiling? So let me give us a few points. I'd like to talk about four points in particular. That is the emphasis on financial stability, regulatory oversight, concerns about consolidation, and finally, the impact on economic growth. So let me give out some points. Now, whether you agree to it or disagree to it, mention them in the comments below. And you need to understand that the takeover of the First Republic Bank and its impact on financial system may influence the decision-making process regarding the U.S. debt ceiling. And yesterday, guys, in my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast for the first of May, I did talk about Kevin McCarthy, who did actually agree to increase the U.S. debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion an absolutely chaotic world. But the first one that I'd like to talk about is the emphasis on financial stability. Now look guys, the government's intervention in First Republic Bank underscores the importance of maintaining financial stability and decision makers may prioritize measures that reduce the risk of banking crisis and promote the health of the financial sector. Now, so far as regulatory oversight is concerned, the failure of First Republic Bank and other recent bank collapses may lead decision makers to reevaluate and strengthen regulatory oversight of financial institutions, they may seek to implement stricter regulations to prevent excessive risk-taking and ensure sound management practices. But listen guys, the root cause of all this is excessive money printing, which was done by the left-leaning administration. And looks like that is the root cause of why such travesties are taking place in the banking industry. Now, so far as concerns about consolidation is concerned, the acquisition of First Republic Bank by J.P. Morgan Chase, making it even larger, may raise concerns about increased consolidation in the banking industry and decision makers, guys, may explore policies to address this issue and prevent further concentration of power among a few major banks and guys in Dubai next week. There is a massive event taking place called as the Dubai Fintech Summit and I'm pretty much sure we're going to be talking quite a little about this news as well. And finally, guys, when you look at the impact on economic growth, the banking crisis and subsequent failures have led to tightening of lending making it harder for businesses to expand on individuals to make significant purchases and decision makers may consider the potential impact on economic growth when determining the U.S. debt ceiling on financial stability as financial stability is crucial for a thriving economy. But overall, guys, the takeover of First Republic Bank and its implication for financial system may prone decision makers to prioritize measures that promote stability, strengthen regulations, address consolidation concern and ensure sustainable economic growth when making decisions about the U.S. debt ceiling. Because listen, the U.S. debt ceiling will have severe consequences on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And one thing which I did mention in my Crypto and Coffee Day podcast a few days ago, even a few weeks ago, is that the debt ceiling refers to the limit on the amount of debt the U.S. government can issue 
to meet its financial obligations and this causes the demand by Congress and has implications for government spendings, borrowing and financial markets. Now, while the mentioned bank's failure and acquisition could directly and indirectly affect the overall economic environment and financial stability, more specific details about potential impact on the decision-making process for the U.S. debt ceiling are necessary to provide accurate suggestions and this is exactly what Balaji Srinivasan is banking on. And are we heading towards hyper-Bitcoinization? What are the potential impact on hyper-Bitcoinization? Now listen guys, hyper-Bitcoinization refers to a scenario in which Bitcoin becomes the dominant global currency. So when let's say you're interacting with people, you wouldn't ask them in terms of dollar value. You just deal in Bitcoin. But will that thing happen? Extremely unlikely. Now this news regarding Republic Bank does not directly impact hyper-Bitcoinization, but over time, these news would accumulate, maybe indirectly lead us towards a way towards hyper-Bitcoinization. Now listen guys, while the banking crisis and financial instability can contribute to the appeal of decentralized currencies like Bitcoin, additional factors such as widespread adoption, regulatory changes, and technological advancements are typically considered in discussion about hyper-Bitcoinization. Now what are your thoughts guys? News such as this, could it trigger a world of hyper-Bitcoinization? Mention your thoughts in comments in the comment sections below. Now guys, let's discuss some news regarding Ethereum. Now Bitcoin.com reported that Ethereum network fees have experienced a significant upswing following the implementation of the Shapila upgrade which took place on the 12th of April. And guys, in the last 30 days, on-chain fees have soared over 153% from a prior rate of $4.65 per transaction to a current average of $11.80 per transaction. Now guys, if we go through the article, the data highlights a substantial surge in costs associated with Ethereum network transactions, indicating a notable increase in on-chain activity and on-chain fees on Ethereum cars have soared by 153% in a month. So if you're someone who's using Ethereum guys, look at the transaction fees. Now whether you agree to it or disagree to it, mention them in the comments below. Now guys, let's discuss some drama that is going on between Justin Sun and CZ. So at a macro level, the news that is circulating is Binance CEO CZ is preventing Justin Sun from participating in the SUI token launch. Now some of the key points that you need to understand is that Binance did actually announce the farming of SUI tokens for users on the 30th of April by staking the Binance BNB coin and TUSD in the launch pool. But what happened is that Justin Sun, the CEO of Tron, made a large volume transfer of TUSD transfer to the exchange, and this did actually raise suspicion among crypto investors that SUI launch rewards will be dominated by Justin Sun staking his TUSD. So what happened is that CC did actually mention via Twitter that the airdrop is not meant for whales but for regular customers and Justin Sun did actually clarify it. As a matter of fact, he did actually apologize for the oversight and looks like he did actually contact the exchange and arrange for full refunds. Now, knowing the notorious history of Justin Sun, I don't think that this was an oversight. He was definitely well aware of what is going on. Now guys, there are two ways of looking at it. It's great that CZ is stopping whales from taking control of the entire airdrops but at the same time, we live in the world of decentralization or distributed nature. So what is it that is stopping any person from taking such actions? Now I kind of agree to CC but at the same time, you need to understand that there cannot be any center of influence making any decisions on either party. And guys, historically, Justin Sun and CZ have not been in good terms. But nonetheless, looks like this matter has been solved. 
And if you look at it from an ethical point of view, definitely a good move by Justin Sun as well as from CZ. Now, guys, let's discuss two news from Dubai, UAE, and the Middle East. And the first news is regarding an event that is taking place on the 1st of June, and this is called the Central Bank Digital Currencies, the Hype Reality, and New World Order. Now, this event, guys, is on the 1st of June, taking place between 11 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. Gulf Standard Time. Now, if you want to register for this event, the registration link is in the show notes below. Now, the session, guys, on Central Bank Digital Currency is going to be broken down into three parts. In part A, I'll be discussing what is Central Bank Digital Currencies. We'll look at the history of CBDCs, how will Central Bank Digital Currency work, and what is the current state of CBDC. Now, listen, guys, the World Economic Forum and the Bank of International Settlements, they regularly provide updates on CBDCs. So, if you want to stay ahead, please feel free to check out those websites. Now, in part A, guys, we'll also be studying countries currently working on CBDCs. We'll also look at El Salvador's role in adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender and what kind of an impact did it have an international monetary fund. And we'll also go and look at when will United Arab Emirates launch its central bank digital currency. Now guys, part B is my favorite where we look at the comparison between central bank digital currency and Bitcoin. And we'll also go ahead and explore if central bank digital currencies are a threat to freedom. And we'll also go ahead and look at the political implications of central bank digital currency and what kind of politicians and what kind of political ideologies are in favor of CBDCs. Now, I mentioned this several times in my podcast, guys. The left-leaning administration and the left-leaning ideologies are definitely in favor of CBDCs and they are against freedom of speech, against Bitcoin and they're focusing more on being woke. Now, China, guys, is one of the dominant players in the world of CBDCs. So we'll also go ahead and look at China's role in CBDC and we'll also go ahead and explore the different types of CBDCs. So we have retail CBDC, we have wholesale CBDC and we have multiple CBDC. So we'll go ahead and give you a very basic level explanation on what are the different types of CBDCs. And finally, guys, we'll go ahead and discuss CBDC's role in the metaverse that is central bank digital currency's role in the metaverse. And finally, guys, in part C, we'll be looking at UAE central bank's role. And they recently launched FIT program. And in that FIT program, guys, they're focusing on nine core areas. That is card domestic scheme, EKYC, CBDC, open finance, supervisory technology, innovation hub, instant payment platform, financial cloud, excellent in customer service. So I'll give very brief explanation on what these nine areas are. So this session, guys, is completely free of cost. So go to eventbrite.com, look up for Blockchain DXP and register for this event. Alternatively, you can also look at the show notes below. You'll find the registration link via eventbrite.com. Now, guys, the second use that I have for today are some recommendations for what Dubai and UAE can do in order to launch its own stable coins. And guys, listen, I very strongly feel that Dubai and UAE will have a competitive advantage over, let's say, Tether USDT, maybe Circle USDC, or maybe even Binance BUSD, if they were to launch stable coins. Now, if you're someone who's working in the regulatory space, if you're someone who's working in the cryptocurrency space or with a massive cryptocurrency exchange, you definitely need to check out these recommendations. Because look, guys, one of the biggest advantages that UAE and the Middle East has is the government is very proactive and they have clear regulations and guidelines. So let me share some points on why UAE and Middle East can go ahead and launch its own stable coins. And if they were to do that, they will have a competitive advantage. Now you need to understand, guys, that creating stable coins require a comprehensive understanding of economics, finance, blockchain technology, and understanding of regulatory frameworks. 
It is also important to consult with legal and financial experts throughout the process to ensure compliance and mitigate risk. And one of the big questions you need to understand is, would it be better for the UAE or the state to issue a central bank digital currency instead of, let's say, a stable coins? So please make sure you consult with... So please... And guys, please make sure that you consult with Islamic financial experts, Sharia scholars and legal advisors who are specialized in Sharia-compliant finance to ensure the stable coins adherence to local guidelines and are Sharia compliant. And guys, the big question is, can stablecoins have smart contracts functionalities, things like subscriptions or maybe even recurring charges? And could we also have chargebacks with stablecoins? I definitely do think so. Now, I do have 18 posts. If you want to read through it, read to my post by LinkedIn and go to or go to my website www.blockchaindxp.com and check the section under crypto blogs. You can also read through it. And if you do need any further consultation, Drop me an email to info.blockchaindxp.com. So some of the recommendations are you need to define the stable coins objective. And listen guys, in order to launch a stable coins, the number first thing is make sure that you clearly define the stable coins objective. Determine the purpose of the stable coins, such as let's say facilitating digital payments, acting as a store of value, or providing stability within a specific ecosystem. The second is Select a stablecoin model. That means you need to choose a stablecoin model based on the desired stability mechanism. It could be, let's say, fiat collateralized, crypto collateralized, algorithmic, or maybe even a hybrid model. The third one, guys, is establish collateral reserve. If using, let's say, a collateralized model, ensure that the stablecoin is backed by sufficient reserves. For fiat collateralized stablecoins, you need to hold an equivalent amount of fiat currencies in a custodial account. And, guys, listen. Dubai has, if not one of the best regulations and one of the most ideal platforms to go ahead and do that. And the fourth one, guys, is develop a reserve management framework that is create a system to manage the collateral reserves, including auditing processes, risk assessment mechanism, and clear guidelines for collateral diversification. And guys, fifth one is implement smart contract infrastructure. Guys, listen, if you want to launch a stable coins, you need to build a stable coin and suitable blockchain platform. The best one I can think of is Ethereum, but because of the increase in gas fees since the last 30 days, you also need to check the cost associated with that. And you can also develop smart contracts to govern the issuance, redemptions, and stability mechanism. The sixth one, guys, is define governance mechanism that is clearly define a governance framework to oversee critical decisions such as changes to stablecoin protocols, collateral movement, and stablecoin mechanism. You may also want to consider involving token holders or decentralized autonomous organization or distributed autonomous organization, how I like to call it. The seventh one, guys, is integrate oracles. And you need to make a conscious decision. Are we going to use a centralized oracle or are we going to use a distributed oracle, let's say like Chainlink? You need to utilize trusted oracles to provide real-time price fees for stablecoin reference assets, enabling accurate valuation and stability monitoring. The eighth and probably the most is ensure regulatory compliance. Now, what I mean by that is you need to comply with relevant financial regulations and legal requirements such as KYC. And if you're launching it, let's say in Dubai and UAE, you definitely need to follow the guidelines and thoroughly understand of it being Sharia compliant. The ninth one, guys, and this is something which I do believe Bitfinex and the USDT will definitely agree to or give a knock on is audit smart contracts. You need to conduct regular security audits on the stablecoin smart contracts to identify and mitigate vulnerabilities or potential attack vectors. The 10th one guys is establish a stability mechanism that is determine a stabilization mechanism such as a peg for a specific asset or a targeted algorithmic adjustment to maintain price stability. 
in line with the desired objective. The eleventh one, guys, is monitor stability indicators. Develop monitoring tools to track stability indicators, including price volatility, market volatility, collateralization ratios, and redemption requests. In order to take appropriate corrective measures, the twelfth point, guys, is implement automatic adjustments, and this, guys, is so critical. And because of this. Terra Luna completely went belly up. Now you need to set up rules or algorithms to automatically adjust stablecoin supply and collateralization ratios based on real-time market conditions and stability indicators. The 13th one, guys, is conduct external audits. And this is once again which I do feel Bitfinex and Tether USDT will definitely agree to or disagree to. Now you need to engage reputable third-party auditors to conduct regular audits of the stablecoin reserves collateralization and government processes to provide transparency and build trust and could it be possible guys that an average user can also go out and have a look at this audit the next point guys is foster liquidity you need to collaborate with reputable cryptocurrency exchanges and liquidity providers to ensure sufficient trading volume and market liquidity for stable coins and this is the reason why guys i very strongly feel that dubai and uae does have a competitive advantage over other cities and countries Finally, guys, educate users, develop educational resources and user guidelines to help users understand stablecoins features, benefits, risks and redemption processes. Sixteenth, guys, engage with the community, foster an active and engaged community around stablecoins, providing regular updates, addressing concerns and gathering feedback to improve stability and user experience. The last three points, guys, is established clear redemption mechanism that has defined the purpose and conditions for users to redeem stablecoins for the underlying collateral or other agreed-upon assets, ensuring transparency and reliability. 18th is continuously innovating iTrade that is stay abreast of technological advancements, market dynamics and user feedback to evolve the stablecoins design and feature over time, aiming for continuous improvement and increasing stability. Now listen guys, I've been thinking about stablecoins for a very long time and I do think that Dubai and UAE can have a very strong competitive advantage in the area of stable coins, we have if not one of the most supportive government that likely support innovation and not stifle innovation. So those were the key consideration guys for Dubai and UAE to go ahead and launch its own stable coins. Now you need to understand guys that these are just guidelines and viewpoints and there is definitely a lot of work involved. So those are the news guys on Crypto and Coffee Day from Blockchain TXP. In case if you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info.blockchaintxp.com. Check out my website at www.blockchaintxp.com. And also check out my website area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a faster rating, and share the word across. And for the next few minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, real blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and metaverse. So let's kick start with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP listening to the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, real Blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. I have a question by James who asks, what is happening and are we heading to the biggest banking collapse and can Bitcoin be our savior? Now unfortunately, Jamie, it looks like history is repeating once again and this is unfortunately more to do with US and really I'm not sure how the banking industry is surviving in other parts of the world. And so far as UAE is concerned, I'm reading at gulfviews.com and it looks like 
the banking industry is doing absolutely phenomenal. Now, really, I'm not sure what the legitimacy to that is, but it looks like the banking industry in UAE is definitely doing great. Now, going back to your question, the banking industry is definitely collapsing in the US and can Bitcoin be our savior? I really am not sure. Because look, James, Bitcoin supplies of us 90% of the supply is already in the hands of early adopters, multi-millionaires, billionaires. So I really am not sure if Bitcoin will be our savior. Bitcoin just might be another alternative asset class. And Jamie also asks, can Bitcoin be our savior? Now, I would like Bitcoin to be a savior, but if that thing happens, what it eventually means is that the filthy rich get even richer and we are literally replacing the role of the state or the role of the government or the role of the policing of money in the hands of multi-billionaires, which to be honest is absolutely worse. Now keeping in mind the US debt ceiling, knowing the notorious history of the politicians, James, unfortunately, I don't see that Bitcoin will be replacing the US dollar, maybe not in the next coming years, maybe not in the next coming decades. It just might never happen as well. But to answer your question, if Bitcoin is a savior, unfortunately, I don't think so. If you were to go to coin market cap, and let me just quickly have a look and see how many different cryptocurrencies we have right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we have more than 20,000 different types of cryptocurrencies. Now, if we were in a world where only Bitcoin existed, then I would say that yes, Bitcoin could be a replacement for the US dollar. Now, I'm looking at it right now while coin market cap, James. And right now, there are 23,753 different types of cryptocurrencies. And if you were to ask me personally, I would say 23,752 of them are definitely not needed. If we were in a world where only Bitcoin existed, then I would say that maybe Bitcoin could have been a savior. But unfortunately, James, I don't think that replacing the US dollar with Bitcoin will be a possibility. And I don't think it's a good idea. But those are my thoughts and opinions. So those are my thoughts, guys, on the Ask Me Anything series. If you do have any feedback or suggestions, drop me an email to infoblockchaindxp.com. Check out my website, www.blockchaindxp.com. And also check out my website, every2071.com, that talks everything about metaverse. And guys, if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a five-star rating, and share the word across. And guys, remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. We have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover topics and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. Another series of episodes on the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover some topics and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news occasionally showing sweet news as well. Use that as an impact on the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE, and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a nice one. Bye-bye.